Hey, this is Varun Shur. Hey, this is Arvind Parthiban. Welcome to SaaS Boomi BTS, where we take you behind the scenes and share incredible marketing stories from Indian SaaS startups. The failures, the successes, the disasters. Hear from the real heroes who are putting India on the global SaaS map. Let's tune in. Hi everyone, welcome to SaaS Boomi Behind the Scenes podcast marketing series and I have a very interesting guest, a fellow Growthex uh, founder, Abhi Balab, uh, a CEO and co-founder of uh, Extra Edge and I have my partner in crime, Varun Shor. Let's kick it off. Welcome folks, good to have you here again. Uh, Abhi, good to have you here. Uh, this is going to be an exciting episode because we know a lot about Abhi being part of the SGX program of SaaS Boomi. Uh, we've seen his evolution. Uh, we've seen his growth. Uh, and there are a lot of interesting stories to share. Over to you, Abhi. Would love to have an intro. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, super excited. Uh, have been listening to a few of your episodes and, uh, you know, as an audience. So it's, it's a really exciting to be as a part here as a, as a speaker. Uh, so, uh, my name is Abhi. Uh, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Extra Edge. Extra Edge is uh, a category leader in education marketing software. Uh, you know, in a simple way, we are a sales operating system built for education industry. Uh, and uh, being a vertical SaaS MarkTech player, we are trying to uh, create this category, especially uh, with the tailwinds of uh, you know uh, the education being the go-to market in education becoming digital after pandemic, where course selling has become predominantly digital. And that's has given us a lot of boost uh, post pandemic where we are able to drive uh, sales acceleration in this particular industry. So stoked to be here, excited and uh, and look forward to sharing a lot of stories. Uh, a bit background about me, come from a, a data science and machine learning background, worked in HSBC for a few years, then came back to India. Uh, spent a lot of time in London uh, while I was at, at HSBC. Uh, was a con there, uh, uh, the one, the one, the, the guy you see, you know, uh, you know, big shot, uh, like, uh, you know, who, who's the guy who's a con guy, right? So I was a con guy sitting, the guy and crunching numbers and uh, came back to India, joined a very interesting uh, SaaS company called Mindtical as a product manager and early employee, learned a lot of things there. They are now a big SaaS unicorn and then started Extra Edge with my partner in crime, Sushil. So I'm a, I'm a programmer turned big data guy turned marketer. Uh, and uh, so, so yeah, so excited to share some of the stories. Before, before we head into the episode, Abhi, I have a personal question to ask. Do you have like a secret program, which is delivering CAGR returns in excess of 30% <laughs> <laughs> using your quant skills? Is that uh, there? Well, Does it well, exist? Uh, I think 18% uh, CAGR is good. If you think about that, I mean, that has compounded benefits. So anything you're doing, if it's an 18% CAGR, you're good. I think so it's... you have a secret program, which is delivering 18% CAGR? He's deflecting the question. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have, I would not say a secret program, but I definitely have a program to better my knowledge and understanding every year about some of the things. And so that's how I measure and quantify learning about some topics every year. Yeah. So for folks in the audience, this is a side of Abhi that I did not know. And I'm probably going to drop him a message after this, trying to understand. I, I knew he st he was like uh, one of the early employees in Mindtickle. I didn't know he had like a quant background. So yeah. now I'm going to be talking about this so-called secret program and his uh, secrets on 18% CAGR that he's likely right. delivering. Right. right. So Abhi, we begin uh, these episodes uh, by trying to understand the organization 
because it's all about behind the scenes and marketing. What were the stories and jugar and the secrets that led to the success of the organization to where it is now? Yeah. Uh, I I I. think uh, extra edge is primarily focused on india is that correct our primary revenue comes from india that's right primary revenue and it's now growing out side india now as well so you're correct. kind of like branching out so would that's love right. to know about the marketing org chart evolution uh, a lot of times what we see is people just don't understand that the marketing function exists so if you were to rewind back to your early days yeah uh, what was marketing like for extra edge what was the first marketing hire what was what existed before marketing uh, was established formally and how has the organization evolved uh, to now if you could also visually and verbally explain uh, so visually as in just try to explain what the org chart looks like today uh, who reports to whom that would also be helpful yeah sure varun so i think a really good question and uh, you know i think like jessica livingstone paul grams wife in y combinator talks about is that when you're building a company in the early days right uh, the founder goes out and does sales so marketing should not be misconstrued as an optionality to sales in the early stage of your startup i think that's where a lot of people get it wrong that it's all marketing marketing i think the understanding of the customer even if you're selling at a smb level or a enterprise level uh, that too gets evolved over a period of time but selling the first 50 odd logos 40 odd logos to understand who your target customer is uh, is more of a outbound you know so like you know like the lot of terminology around getting out of the building right you get out of the building and talk to your customer and so that really is very very important in the early stage of your uh, of your startup journey nihito do you know what nihito means no nothing important happens in the office no. correct correct and you know it's it's all it's all hindsight i never read jessica willingstone in the first couple of years of my life i'll let read it later so these are all hindsight things so we only knew that hey look we are product guys we build product and and we need to go out and sell the product right and that's what we did so your hustle hustle i mean hustle right we still hustle a lot and that's a that's one of the culture in the company so first two years uh, varun and uh, you know arvind zero marketing let me put it out bluntly zero marketing zero marketing there is also marketing you are trying to understand the persona <laughs> correct but but then you know the marketing that we talk about where you employ tactics like adwords website organic seo keywords yeah we were not even privy to it we heard about it that is some kind of magic some kind of people who know the these things do we don't know these we go and sell these things so that was the evolution uh, varun uh, the org chart before uh, you know the first couple of years was only three or four say three sales people reporting to me i was a sales head so she used to run my co-founder product engineering and customer success that's about it and we need to cre- get more logos more logos and so on and so forth but then something very interesting happened in our life and that interesting that had happened in life was saas bumi's growth x program before you know? before you move on yeah uh, i'm curious to know what was your perception of marketing around that time what did you think marketing was i think uh, for me the perception of marketing was is that that a marketing helps your customer comes to you whereas in sales you go to your customer in a very simple way you know that was a very uh, desi version of what sales and marketing is that you when you go back to the customer and pitch him or you are positioning yourself in that sales and when the customer comes to you because they have discovered you some way then that's marketing i mean that was my basic understanding of marketing and, and why uh, were you not doing that in the two years like why didn't why did you not want the customers to come over to you right uh so i it's we are we are like myopic by our background varun so i came from hsbc 
where we used to do enterprise sales and then i went to mindical which was an enterprise saas company and they were in the uh, so which is Mind- also into sales so hbc was like a very very big company so they used to do a lot of shit where i have not even know what to do and it was a very small spoke in the wheel there and in mindical it was early days so it was founder doing sales founder led sales so i only knew krishna and mohit to do sales so exactly i replicated the same model in, in extra where me and sushil were both doing sales and by the way it helped so we two co-founders we both used to do sales and we have all closed deals in the early stage now that created the backdrop of a very deep understanding of who our customer is and who the customer is not uh sans uh, and post sgx uh, you know, with the mentorship of a uh, lot of uh, people there and especially i would like to name uh, you know uh, uh, the co-founder uh, of uh, exotel and amyo sachin bhatia who was my mentor and he was instrumental in helping us build uh, kind of an a sales function and also a marketing function and that's where a lot of magic started to happen where uh, i started to deeply think about that marketing is a separate branch altogether and that needs to be built and guess what at that time pandemic hit us and that was a very phenomenal moment for our education industry because for the first time gdm started to become digital and you realized it's a, it's a, think about education right education is a more atl btl event driven uh, industry where they conduct these outbound things and attract kids and we we have all been consumers there and suddenly you know they were shut down so there they were they were defaulted towards go to market being digital probably for the first time in 100 years right and for a stanford to probably a, a coaching institute in pitampura all put together right they all everyone was forced first. and yeah. and what what they realized the second order effect is that that if your go to market has become digital you require go to market tools to drive that acceleration and extrage is right the go to market tool and that's where we saw a lot of growth and demanding pent up people start to call from imphal guwahati indore you know chennai that we need this kind of software and we were like puzzled what, where what's is happening and then growth has happened and sachin said start developing that uh, that that structure and today as we stand varun uh, we have a head of demand generation who heads uh, the sdr and abm functions there are seven guys who report to him there's a lead of marketing who there are four people who report to him the four people are from seo google adwords account based marketing and there's a website graphic design guy who all report to him and uh, one of the things that we also learned in sgx is that that it's good to have specialist when it comes to marketing because marketing is a very specialist function you really need to have a guy who really understands google adwords he needs to understand the difference between phrase match and you know broad match and he needs to spend money judiciously and optimize and one of the most important things about marketing uh, i have realized is that marketing is is an is an science like an experiment that needs to be run every week and you need to keep on looking at results because it surprises you in a very serendipitous way most of the times yeah. so you know so doing that needs to have specialized people so uh, you know an avp of demand gen and uh, marketing sets under that there's a lead of marketing sets and there are uh, sdr functions uh, who report to that guy and there are a lot of seo adwords uh, you know brand function we have built there are three people in brand who look after linkedin and after our posts on instagram for our audiences they all report to uh, the marketing and the dg function so there's a whole dg function that we have created so i'm going to ask you questions on the sdr reporting but before we move on for folks in the audience we've talked about growth x and sgx uh, these are two uh, both of them are the same program which is started pro bono uh, as part of saas bumi where experienced folks who are running uh, or who have done great work running a company mentor and help 
new upcoming founders. So you can read more about that online if you search for SaaS for me, HGX. So that, that's a quick, quick background. And just in case you don't know what HGX and GrowthX is. So Varun, I will, I would like to say something. So SGX for all the Twitter and Instagram lovers is like a growth vipassana for, for all of you, right? Go, go for this three month of growth vipassana and your entire thought process of how to build a company will change. Yeah. So it's all, and it's all pro bono it's uh, unlike any of the accelerators or anything that you know you'd come across here in equity exchanges expected this is all pro bono no exchanges expected a token sign up amount is given uh, just to the initiative uh, uh, but uh, moving on uh, or moving back uh, on the str reporting these are sales str who are reporting in the marketing function is that did i hear that correctly yeah, so we call this function demand generation and marketing, Varun. And there is a head of demand generation and marketing uh, who who leads two subdivisions. One is a DG, what we call demand generation, where there are SDRs who are sales SDRs. And there's another function called marketing, where the lead marketing who reports to the head of demand generation, AVP. And he and there are guys under him. And there's a third branch, a small branch we have started lately called uh, brand, where there are we have hired people who are from brand and content who write content pieces they report so so dg uh, which is like the sdr the marketing and the brand they all report to the avp of uh, demand generation and marketing this is this is one of those things that we keep talking about right arvind and i i am strongly in the camp uh, where i feel that outbound strs i don't know where you are and i would love to hear your opinion on this arvind but i feel that outbound strs should report to marketing um, and what and the reason for that is personally being on the other side of this as a consumer when I used to get these sales spam emails, so to speak, yeah. I would become more aware of the category just from like three liners because they would force me to search. Maybe there was a hook in the email. It would force me to search. Uh, I'd maybe land on G2 page. I'd see who the alternative uh, competitors are. And then uh, positioning was carved out in my brain. Now, I might not use that immediately. But there was this effect of driving awareness uh, through these campaigns, which is why I feel that outbound STRs should report to marketing. Arvind, what are your thoughts on this? I, I, I completely agree where you're coming from. So like, uh, say basically it's lead gen. Uh, you are creating opportunities, right? So uh, technically it should fall under marketing. But I try the same thing. We had a debate in our organization about it. It's also the problem is uh, how the other side of the coin where uh, teaching them, training them, how to talk to converse, uh, customers, that part where sales is natural, like how to follow up, how to set, and especially managing them. So marketing usually, right, like even in my org, they tend to work in the morning uh, because their job is bidding and doing, and sales usually work in the night. So SDR, I, want, I wanted someone to manage. So I was torn between these two, like execution versus uh, logic. Uh, lead gen should come under marketing, but uh, execution, it's easier for sales to manage it. So uh, I, I'm torn. <laughs> That's my answer. You're torn. Uh, <laughs> just maybe this might be an interesting framework for you is you have to remember that as part of a prospect journey towards becoming a customer and eventually an advocate in outbound, their first touch point of communication is that email that gets sent out. So your entire exercise of positioning or driving in a certain wedge into the mind of the consumer is from that email. Uh, that's your first touch point. Now, do you want that first touch point to be an aggressive 
sales late or do you want to experiment on the wording so or run a certain level of cadence the complete cadence drip marketing content comes from marketing team we have a centralized content team so that is reviewed and written by marketing anyway that what content they use is centralized uh, but this is more of follow ups calls cold uh, outbound calls interesting yeah okay uh, so on the brand side abhi you you mentioned that you have a brand marketing function which at least from what i kind of could understand was partly content because my understanding of brand marketing is generally with mature companies so what does brand marketing do in extra edge uh so before i answer that question one other thing uh, you know varun that i'll mention about this uh, outbound reporting to it i think we looked at it in a very tactical way we looked at that can there be a cohesion between our avp of sales and our avp of marketing right because we are a small team and we cannot have debates and you know kind of deliberation on attribution and things like we are too small a company to do that and what we used to do earlier is that that the sdr function used to report to my avp of sales uh, which turned out to be disaster because she was not able to handle both uh, she cannot do a sales review at the same time looked at what sdr are doing and when we separated it out right uh, i have seen there is a very healthy camaraderie developed between the avp of demand generation and avp of sales who see each other not only as a supplier and a consumer but as kind of counterparts in the overall term what we call growth so there's a growth function right and they both are part of the growth function so i think uh, that's that's like the that's the evolution that happened in extra edge that I just wanted to sdr uh, converts it into an opportunity it's been passed down to the regular aes or you have a separate correct there's a there's a regular it passed to the regular ae yeah uh, arvin yeah. this is where this is where i think there's another argument in favor of sdr's reporting to marketing is your sales is just focused on closing so your responsibility right up to the level of vp is just closures it's not meetings it's not leads uh it's not the quality of content it's pure closures uh and i have seen this at my time at kanako as well where the ball would get dropped often or there would be questions on comp for the meetings which would not which would not close and there was constant deviation because as a business leader i would have to question my vp of sales on the quality of leads and why you know when the sdr is being compensated for a certain meeting uh, and why that meeting eventually doesn't turn to closure so there was a constant tension on uh, you know the discussion where it would deviate to the quality of leads and then maybe closure was an issue and just pinning the responsibility of closure i feel brings more accountability on sales and sales in my opinion nothing against sales folks they have this greatest weapon what i call deflection bombs so everything the reason it doesn't like the sale didn't happen is because of reason xyz and these deflection bombs will be thrown at you at the leadership level often and it's your job to kind of like unwind them and see why this isn't happening because you will never get the true reason why the sale didn't happen there's always a deflection grenade which is thrown in your way and then it confuses you as a business leader maybe it's my product which is a problem maybe it's the competitor which is a problem maybe my competitor is spending more on marketing which is a problem it's never the sales person problem yeah. <laughs> uh and pinning that responsibility i think is a very important uh uh you know uh, uh decision that needs to be taken to bring a certain level of responsibility out, out of sales absolutely no i agree varun and uh, 
coming back to your brand question uh, and i'll will i will just like to kind of uh, double click on that also i think uh, one of the very important things we realized varun and arvind is that we are a vertical saas company and if you look at any great vertical saas company like a darwin box or a wimo or a zenoti right they have a voice and the founder has a voice so one of the things we started to do in the brand function varun is that that can founder be perceived as a thought leader in that industry or not and i'll just give you a simple take that when we started this thought process of brand right me and sushil were like normal linkedin founders we had 2000 followers 3000 followers and so on and so forth we did not even know who those guys were did not care by the way right today sushil my co-founder has more followers than the ceo of our two of our competitors one is a unicorn right and uh, we both have more than 15000 followers on 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 and these are these are education related folks in marketing sales uh, counselors and stuff like that right so one of the met that my brand marketing niti who comes and by the way this lady uh, niti she comes from a psychology background so she she is a psychologist she she comes from a psychology background for focus in college and she has brought a lot of psychology to our brand that if the if the founder is perceived in a particular way then you know that's how the organization is started to perceive and what we did varun is that we focused on founder branding and content and then we nailed down on what topics we want to talk about but prior to deciding that we went back and started to understand what kind of brand are we so we did what we call a branding and positioning exercise and we took help of an agency and we came up with a with a with a brand flavor and we came across as yoda so you know yoda the you know the 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 iconic guy who's he's very thoughtful he's very sharp but he's at the same time action oriented so he he'll give this advice but he's not a guru he's a coach he so our whole personality is of a yoda and we, everybody knows in our company that we are like a yoda so who's a yoda yoda talks about thoughtfulness about deep understanding of the area where he is in and he gives action oriented messages and things like that and if you look at any of my linkedin and messages and campaigns it's around talent brand education marketing culture this is what we espouse to be known in the market about it and that's what a brand started to do on a regular basis and that's the function of brand marketing today to to from the mouthpiece of the founder talk about this education marketing as an industry talk about why this industry is changing and talk about what the what our stakeholders our customers should do in order to move from uh, from the old age they used to live into the new age and how extrage can act as a catalyst to do that that's a core function of the brand marketing where content instagram post or linkedin post uh, you know carousels and all those things are the deliverables out of it but they fully focus on establishing us as thoughtful leaders uh, who are helping education brands to get to product market fit you know abhi your art type you want to be like a visionary educating the market be a thought leader brilliant absolutely that's a, that's a that's a brilliant word i mean missionary is a word we quote more often in our company so we want to be known as missionaries in this particular change that is happening you know from a old way of selling in education to a new way of selling in education you know when i was running kayako i was very nervous about showcasing myself as a face of the company and in hindsight after getting over the fear of facing the camera or being confident enough to bring myself out and talk about my opinion it was a big mistake to not make myself as a face of the company and i've realized in marketing people want to see the humans uh behind the brand and a lot of folks have this fear of coming across maybe camera shy maybe uh, they feel that their opinion would not be you know va- validated or not respected 
But I think that needs to be gotten over with because this is one of the most important hacks that you can you know, have in your organization if there's a human, visible human behind the brand. People call it the founder brand. I don't think founder brand reflects that. I think that's more personal towards the goal of the founder. I think the company itself needs a human that, yes, there's this person behind this company. And if you see Gainsight, you know, there's Nick Mehta. Uh, if you see uh, Freshworks, you know, there's Girish. So almost all these are super ops and uh, there's Arvind and he does this founder brand marketing really well. You should check out stories by Arvind. Uh, it's an interesting initiative that he's done, uh, but 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 I feel this this is one of those unused weapons uh, for lack of fear of facing the camera or maybe whatever the fear may be uh, that needs to be utilized and people really need to double down on this. Uh, and this is actually a moat because a lot of your other competitors might have that fear, right? So if you come across as more personal, if you come across as more visible. Uh, then you would be respected more where people will associate, okay, so it's Extra Edge. I know it's Abhi. I've, I've heard of your founder talk about this. I've seen that webinar where your founder was talking about this specific topic related to the in industry. So you can't have thought leadership unless there's a visible human behind the brand. That's my opinion. And you're very right, Parul. And then I'll just mention one thing. I think a lot of founders misconstrue introversion to a lack of being visible. You know, for, for every, you know, uh, a Steve Jobs or probably, you know, uh, a Jeff Bezos or even Girish, right? They come across as confident, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, extroverted individuals. But there's also Ben Silverman of, you know, of Pinterest, if you've heard him, right? He's a very soft-spoken guy, very calm. Well, even uh, Arvind, as a matter of fact, he comes across as a very soft-spoken guy when you speak to him. He's very passionate. But you, I think even the introverts who have not spoken are, are ever in their life and are calm and calculated. Even I have to make a point, right? I need not be aggressive about it. I could be speaking like a normal person and make a very, very strong point. I think that needs to be broken. That you need not be a great allocutor or an articulator of words or an extrovert to be a good, uh, you know, a guy on the camera. You could just be a normal introvert. Exactly. And just That's articulate. exactly what I, I was about to say, I mean, yeah, right? I what you yeah, kind yeah. of uh, stole my words. Uh, see, I think a lot of times what uh, people, it's a cultural thing is what I realized. Everybody can't be a great uh, writer, don't have to uh, empower people and be the thought leader by giving gyans. What we should do is we are sharing a, sharing a journey. We are learning a lot. We just basically are sh sharing that, which in turn you become a thought leader. So you don't have to be a great speaker or like you, you uh, it's about sharing and you need to have your own style. Not everybody can be Steve Jobs or not everybody can uh, be that. Like you need to figure out what is your style. So uh, Abhi, on the SGX, uh, you're like, you know, before we started with this episode, you talked about the pre-SGX and post-SGX uh, marketing transformation. Uh, would love to know more about that. Can you elaborate, like, how did the company transform before that and after that and why? What changed? Okay, great. So I would say four things. First of all, uh, you know, changing the mindset of a co-founder who has only seen sales as the only weapon of growth. I think that was very, very important. And, you know, a lot of times founders are executioners so they only believe what they see and they don't believe a story and that's the case also with uh, you know my co-founder Sushil and he asked me the question that will this work and I, I can only believe when it works so you go ahead and try but it has to lead to measurable outcomes in terms of revenue if you go from a marketing standpoint so I think change of founder mindset and alignment that this needs to change over a period of time was very very important 
and having the buy-in from the founder. And second, I would say is that that educating yourself as a co-founder about the tenets of marketing, that what's the difference between brand and marketing is SEO marketing or is positioning marketing? What is an ICP? What's a value proposition canvas and things like that. So I started to myself become a student trying to understand marketing from first principles, reading, uh, learning from people at SGX who have been marketers as founders and learn from them. A third thing that happened is that bringing leadership in my marketing team, hiring a senior guy who can start looking at the operations and executing the small bits and items and hiring specific leaders or, or what I call direct responsibility individuals, uh, DRIs, or who, who have the specific OKRs about, uh, say, an AdWord or a SEO or an ABM. I started to think about started to think about hiring those kind of people and bringing them in. So these are the four things that happened, Varun, and uh, the transformation pre-SGX and post-SGX is like I don't even believe it that has happened because when we joined in, you know, we were subpar near about give or take 300k, and today, you know, we are near about close into 1.5 million. So I think that's the journey, you know, that that 5x uh, we have moved, and it's just been two and a half years, right? So and and that would have not never been happening if we were continuing to do sales. Uh, so did we plan that? Did we orchestrate that in the hindsight? Of course, no. I mean, it happened it because we were at the right place at the right time. We we knew that we need to change and pandemic also pushed us. And SGX happened to us at the metamorphosis of pandemic where the education selling was changing. And we also were stuck at home where we're not going out and selling. And it really happened at the uh, very, very correct time. And there were so many so many great moments of SGX, Varun, and I will highly recommend the listeners who are SaaS founders to apply for SGX. It's it's one of the greatest things that has happened to us in our growth journey is that small, small suggestions from the mentors are phenomenal in impact. And I'll give you one small anecdote. Uh, you know, Sachin, one of my mentors told me about compensation of sales guys. And we were going after that Mark Robert sales, fo- so, you know, a HubSpot formula of uh, zero to four X, four X to eight X, this percentage percentage. And even my co-founder got confused at the end of the day. That is so complex. I also don't understand. And I, he was betting that you will also not understand after five days. And then finally, Sachin said and told that, look, I mean, give X percentage on every win. That's it. And and till date, we run that same thing. And and the day we, the year we started, my all A's met their quota. That's it. Because I mean, the, win was they, more, they were... the win was more real for them. But uh, you mentioned DRIs, you know, I'm slightly going off topic because I want the audience to understand this uh, concept as well. DRIs comes in from Apple, right? So directly responsible individuals. It's a Steve Jobs-esque concept where, especially during the early days, uh, we tend to have more generalist where the roles kind of like uh, fairly well shared uh, Mm -hmm. or deep, you know, one person's probably dealing with three or four goals at the same time and juggling with three or four balls. and this tends to kind of continue even as the organization is scaling. And that's where most of the management frustration comes in from, where you don't have specialists for these specialist roles. So the accountability tends to drop and there are X or Y reasons why a certain outcome was not achieved. So that's why DRI is a directly responsible individual. are so very important beyond, in my opinion, at least uh, the moment you go beyond 15 people, uh, you need to start bringing certain level of specialism into the organization. Otherwise, you will be frustrated, not know why the outcomes are not being achieved, but just be frustrated generally because uh, you feel that there's no traction, there's no accountability, there are multiple reasons why something's not working and accountability kind of like tends to drop 
uh, in the organization. Now, before we started this episode, you mentioned one very interesting thing around your transformation from primarily being 100% outbound to now, what's the inbound uh, figure? Like, what's the outbound inbound ratio now? I think near about 75%, uh, you know, give or take comes from uh, inbound and inbound related mechanisms and 25% is outbound. And this is in 2.5 years. <laughs> yes. Okay. Hardly... And what changed? Yeah. I think uh, we started to see the fruits of the labor and these fruits were very sweet. And these fruits were something which were running like a flywheel or an engine, as we call it. Uh, you know, sales, we are still doing, right? But sales is the end of the funnel. It's the it's lower end of the funnel, fag end of the funnel. And what we saw that, A, it was, it was very easy, Varun, uh, once it started to work, right? It was so natural. It was repeatable. It was not people dependent. I mean, you are in your top 10 keywords, you're ranking probably on the first page. It's now easier to maintain that page than not be ranked on that page. So what we saw that, you know, A, this is easier. This is great for a company with a small size like us because our competitors are in the employee range of 500, uh, you know, 1,500. We are still around 68 odd guys, right? And we did not want to build a really big company of a lot of throwing body to the problem. And we saw that, that one of the easier way of solving for it is to become good at something that could scale without throwing body to the problem. And marketing is a very clear cut answer to that, right? So I think it it happened because we did not have that much resources to hire a really good guy and a lot of guys. So we were constrained by our own limitations at that point in time. But in the hindsight, it was a good thing for us because that led us to take the marketing approach. Of course, pandemic, education, GDM, all contributed to that. But uh, that change was predefined, propelled by the fact that when we started to see the few fruits of that labor, that was so, so easy as compared to the complete outbound that was very, very hustle related. And it was nothing bad in hustle, but you cannot hustle all your life, right? It's a marathon. So you need to think about things which are replicable, uh, which can be which can be fine-tuned over a period of time. And marketing can be fine-tuned over a period of time. A salesperson can only learn till a point in time, right? When yeah. he hits, hits the ceiling. So I think those benefits, uh, you know, really made me and Sushil prompted to fully invest and get totally bought in towards marketing. And the results were up to up to speak. And we started to see the results very quickly. The pro tip that I'd like to give you is even when you hit scale, don't throw humans at the problem. More humans, more problems. And there's this mindset globally, but more so in India. Uh, so I wouldn't generalize and say it's a very specific Indian thing. I've seen Western companies also fall in for this trap. Western founders also fall in for this trap. But uh, we tend to boast about the size of a company by talking about the number of employees we have. And we tend to introduce it, especially when an introduction happens between uh, you know two people, they tend to ask, how big are you? Uh, now, because we, people tend to feel shy by sharing the revenue, they talk about the headcount, which is the wrong thing uh, you know, to focus on. Your PNL uh, numbers, your top line and bottom line, decide on how big your company is. And founders generally need to find comfort uh, in that fact, versus talking about the number of bodies they have uh, showing up every day. That's not the great metric to you know ever opt in for. And it might seem contrarian. Uh, yeah. It might scare you that you know there are 500 people on the other side competing, and you maybe you're just 60. Uh, but it might actually be a blessing, and it most likely be a blessing in disguise. And you'd realize how how that tends to slow those people down, and those 500 people might be delivering the work output of 60 odd people. No, I'm, I'm. You are absolutely right, and you know 
I, I come from a quant background, right? So, you know, if you have 10 people in your organization, then basically there are 10 into 9 by 2 connections. So there are near about 45 connections. So yeah. the more the people are, it's, it's n into n, n minus 1 by 2. These are the connections being made. And the more connections, more complex to manage that group dynamics. And I remember uh, meeting a very a wise man and an entrepreneur who said that start measuring revenue per employee and cost per employee. That happens to be you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> these were the metrics I was not even measuring. And now we measure these things in a very second order effect that what's our efficiency in terms of revenue and cost per employee, which is very, very important to keep a check on. You know, There's also this interesting inflection point in the history of Extra Edge, Extra Edge having observed you from outside. Uh, on when you decide to move outside India in the hustling tactics that you adopted to get your first customer, I think the audience would really love that story around how you kind of like engaged, uh, did your ABM. Uh, now it's in hindsight, clearly ABM, but uh, what is that story around how you got Bich Pilani, Dubai, I think, as a customer? So, yeah, of course. So uh, while we were at uh, SGX, uh, you know, one of the sessions was taken by one of the experts was on account-based marketing. He introduced this concept to us that we should look at account-based marketing as focused, uh, you know, named account communication at the top of the funnel. So if you have around 200 named accounts, you know who you're selling to, you can personalize the message on LinkedIn and reach out to this economic buyers or decision makers or influencers. This expert, I, by the way, for audiences, Ankit Obray of AdPushup, amazing yeah. guy at ABM. So if you want to figure out ABM, reach out to him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not only an exceptional founder, he's a very kind founder and very giving founder. He will be very patient and also answering your questions. And that's what he did for our group, the first cohort. And, uh, and when we heard that, we thought of experimenting with that and we created some few messages and we sent one of these messages to one of the directors in, in, in Dubai, uh, in Bidspilani. We just experimented with some of the international, some of the Indian, just to see what happens. And it was a very personalized message based on some of the posts that he has done on education policy. And then uh, we sent the message to him in the morning and he replied immediately after three hours in Dubai time. And he, he his reply was that, that uh, I really like that you have known about me and learned about me and I really appreciate what do you guys do. And and then the communication started. I mean, and bear in mind, I did not even tell what Extra Edge does. I just spoke about him, that what great work he's doing. And I quoted one of his posts that he made somewhere. And then the conversation started. And in 24 hours, I was routed out on an email to the head of admission, uh, Nahid, uh, Ms. Nahid Afshan. And uh, in the next 72 hours, we had a demo. And uh, in the next, I think around two weeks, we, we closed a deal, our first international deal in Dubai. And when I came back to SGX in one of the sessions where I showed that message and journey and, and, and the guys were not not surprised and i was absolutely like surprised what is this i mean can this even happen and this happened and today you know they are uh, they are a customer they're a big customer referenceable customer and we have crossed that upsell and bits pilani is a very big one of the oldest brand names not in india but in dubai also and uh, so i think uh, that varun gives you a lot of confidence right yeah so, it's, and, a and I, it's a win it's a win we won and we never met them and they were paying us $10,000, right? And and this thing, and I keep on talking to Sushil, my co-founder, and he said that we have never met these guys. We have never seen these guys. These guys are not in India and they're paying us $10,000 for our software, which we feel is not even ready for international market. Oh my God. I mean, like that's, th that is something I need to see another proof, right? <laughs> another proof. This might be, this might be an exception. There was another proof. There was another proof. We got another proof. And and now, you know, we have 
near about close to you know around 100k coming from international market we are doubling down on that we are still expanding varun as we speak we are still an indian company but these initial wins gives a lot of confidence uh, to the to the marketing team and i'll tell you a very sm- also anecdote in that sales call with bits pilani i took nikhil who's my lead of uh, digital marketing today with me he was there on every call and after every call he, i used to ask him that what do you think will happen and he used to say abhishek it will close and i used to say that i don't think so uh, i don't think so i still have doubts i think and he said no abhishek it will close close the day it closed we went out uh, for 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 uh, you know a drink i don't drink but he drinks i had a coffee had a drink and i told him <laughs> that you know this was a good win and he said that more will come and more more started to come so i think this these small wins varun give you so much uh, energy and so much conviction that you are onto something really really right and and big i think i think it's not just a small win in the fact that it closed but i think it's one of the few like it's one of the first wins where you realized that your mini brand was getting activated that people were trusting you enough to invest and put you know close in at certain high acv even though you hadn't met them because before this it was mostly a sales led organization you had to hustle really hard you had to kind of like go to people's offices wait it out sell them the benefits and then uh get money out of their pockets and probably one of the first few moments uh, in the journey of extra edge where uh you got the money out of pocket just purely online uh, and without too as much effort as you would have had to do like if that customer was in india which is one of the big reasons why i'm a big big fan of plg led models focused on us market because uh, you wake up and uh, there's like $20000 in your bank account and you haven't met the customer uh, you don't know where they came from uh, you never exchanged an email uh, and they were happy enough to go onto your website try the product on their own uh, and then put in their credit card and give the money over to you and those are dollars not rupees so uh, but that's a personal preference uh, another uh, you know thing that you've done really well is your academy program uh, which so a couple of interesting marketing initiatives that you've done which i have not seen a lot of companies out of india focus on so for founder marketing was one uh i think that was really really uh, interesting and i f- i i really wish more people do that and the second one is your academy piece which is also quite fascinating can you touch upon that yeah of course varun uh, you know lot of software is bought but not used i mean uh, i'll give you so we are in the marketing category and around around 100 crms that have been bought by industries across the world only 28% are utilized so you imagine that you know this 62% is a 72% is not even utilized you know at the end of the day and there's a reason for that because a they are complex bloated uh, you know the buyers buy it but the users are not incentivized to use it they have inertia friction or they are too complicated to do that and we are a vertical saas company in education right and our end users an archetype is a 35 40 year old woman who's an admission executive or a counselor ex- expert who coaches the kid for his career options he uses my product today or he uses my product today uh, for, for for the for the lack of better word and we wanted them to feel empowered because these software are sold to head of marketing head of growth head of enrollments you know these are the economic buyers but they only look at analytics and dashboards they are not users of the product and we found that that if we really need to make sure that they love the product we need to also create a long term training program for their own own careers and this is not a new concept this has been championed by companies like hubspot uh, by freshworks 
you know, the enterprise SaaS companies like Gainsight and Totango have a whole tutorial build out of it and what they call academies. And uh, we did not have a name to it, but we started to teach and train them to become what we call extra certified counselors. And this goes like a Oracle or a, you know, I would say a MongoDB certification that goes on the CV where they could take it anywhere that they're certified, not only on the product, but onto, onto the profession of counseling to it and we tied up with one of the other edtech companies called career guide run by another great uh you know edtech uh, founder survey uh, who also coaches uh you know uh, uh, counselors to become professionally ready and uh, now we have gone ahead and we have trained near about near about 2500 3000 odd counselors today and we'll go ahead and train around 10,000 in the next couple of years and you wow. imagine that you imagine a they evangelize they get trained but leave that varun aside for a second right think about it that a profession which is not celebrated that much right that profession also needs to be upskilled and they also need to have a high self-worth i mean we champion i mean celebrate programmers data scientists digital marketer guys who champions counselors right but they are the 80 percent people around 13 14 000 enterprise users who use extract four hours a day right we started to look at them and we started to train them, coach them, guide them, and we created a certification program out of them. It's very popular. Our customer success team delivers it today. And, you know, if you go to our website, we say that that we are loved by our, you know, 300-odd customers. There's a hard sign there. It's not a not a, just a mimic there or a, or, a, or a thing that we really believe in that and our actions kind of demonstrate that that if they become successful in their career, uh, other things will follow on to it. Uh, and, and, but then we really need to help them empower in their career. And that's where this training program comes into picture. It's a very successful training program. We, we are going to double down. That leads to a lot of referrals for them, by the way, as a second order. But it was not done with that intention. It just, I'll just tell you. It was done with the intention of that, uh, you know, once we teach them the tenets of marketing and counseling, they will be used, they will be doing, doing better at the job. Hence, they will be able to use the product better. It was done with that intention from adoption point of view. And, but it has couple also... Of, second, yeah. Couple of things you're doing really right over here. One, you're making the hero out of your customer. Uh, and believe me, every job uh, or role is mostly just uh, people feel like a cog in the wheel. Like you know, they'd feel irrelevant. And uh, someone needs to bring certain level of relevance to their job role. And if you and if you get an opportunity to be that one, then that's great. Which is why you see in Dreamforce, for example, uh, customer photographs, plastered all over the stadiums that they tend to host talks on. This is why you see other companies, uh, American companies tend to make, uh, you know, kind of invest a lot in this and make heroes out of their customer. The second thing that you're doing, uh, interestingly, separate the referral marketing out of this, uh, just the certification piece is that you're coming across as a thought leader and there's a certain sense of IKEA effect at play over here. Where when, even if the deal's not closing and, you know, the person has some time on their hands and they want to upskill themselves, everyone wants to grow in their career and they invest time into the certification. There's a sense of debt. Uh, that One, they feel very satisfied that they've invested. And then there's the other thing where there's a the other psychological trick that you're putting in is there's a certain sense, even though that might not be the intention, I would just like to carve that out. But just on the way the human psychology works, is that there's a certain sense of debt that you put on that person. Uh, and they have this feeling that they want to pay it back. Your referrals are not just because 
uh, they like the product, but it's an attempt to pay that debt back, which is why Diwali gifts are so uh, powerful. People tend to think, oh, this is uh, this is more of a celebration of the festival. No, it's a it's a very good way of putting debt on the person, which is why you see a lot of folks going on to government officials and giving them fancy Diwali gifts because the government official then tends to think that they have to pay that back. And how do they pay that back? They kind of like do some favors. Uh, and the same goes on for any of the other professional relationships where these Diwali gifts are exchanged. It's a debt which is put on that person, which needs to be paid. And we humans psychologically are just wired to do that. We are wired to kind of clear that debt. Yeah, I mean, that's Robert Cialdini reciprocity. Yes, yes. Right? I mean, that's the, that's the first thing he talks about yes. in, in terms of... I think he know, uses the Hare Rama, Hare Krishna story where right, they right. tend to put in the flower. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so I think you are absolutely right. And that is the intention. And, you know, also it allows us to separate between who are economic buyers, buyers and who are end users. So sales is focused on the economic buyer, but the customer success function is incentivized to champion the end user. And, and make sure that her life is successful uh, in the product and outside the product in her own industry and area where we are in. And also, Varun, there's also a thing that I realized in the hindsight that you get to be seen as a part of education industry. So today, I am not seen only as a software company. And this is the same that I hear from somebody like Alma Base, right? That they are seen as a part of the alumni uh, giving back in US in the universities. And I am today in India. Uh, Abhishe, Abhi Ballab is not seen as a co-founder of Extra Edge. He's also seen as a part of a education industry and a bigger fraternity because he speaks about education, education trends and what's happening in the part of thing. So now I'm I'm one of them. I'm not an outsider guy who's sitting outside and looking at them and helping them. I'm one of them inside and I'm, I'm, I'm part of that industry today. So I tend to believe that marketing initiatives tend to stack. Um, and I very routinely give this analogy of dominoes having to fall in the prospect's journey before they convert into a customer. And just as a refresher for the audience, imagine your uh, prospect's journey where they become aware of your brand and eventually that closes and they become an advocate. In between this journey are different inflection points. One inflection point is when the prospect signs up for a trial. One is when they agree for a demo. One is when they buy the product uh, and sign up and then there's onboarding. So these are all inflection points in the prospect's journey. And across these inflection points are a bunch of dominoes and there's a minimum threshold of dominoes that have to fall before that inflection point hits. So for example, if a prospect comes onto your website and uh, one of the dominoes that has to hit is of that of social proof, you can deliver that using testimonials, you can deliver that uh, using video recordings or your industry certifications. The other domino that has to fall before they feel they can trust you is maybe a face behind the organization. So, But there's a minimum threshold. So there might be like 10 dominoes that have to fall and your options, uh, the number of dominoes that are available to you are around 50. And you have to stack these up across the journey to be a successful organization. And that's what you're doing. You have founder marketing at play. Uh, you have this academy. You are doing great in SEO. Uh, and then you've moved on from a, being a sales led to a marketing led and you're investing on demand gen. Plus, you have this academy piece, which is doing certification and then webinars where you're driving a lot of those registrations. So indirectly, you might see I have 5x my revenue and think, okay, it's because of SGX. But let me tell you, it's because of the stacking that you've done. 
So marketing as a function is not just a cadence-based experiment-driven function, as you said. It's It also requires stacking of these experiments, uh, which are successful, to drive continuous growth. And that's what you've done over here very well. Uh, some which are not emulated, and I, I personally feel should be emulated, uh, the academy piece and the founder marketing piece. I feel more Indian SaaS companies should be doing that. Uh, but great work on that. Abhi. Before we always end these sessions, we have to close uh, ceremonially uh, with a rapid fire round by Arvind. Uh, so Arvind, I hope you're prepared with your questions. Uh, we have had some video issues, so that's why you haven't heard from Arvind from the midpoint of this episode, uh, video and audio issues, but hopefully that's been resolved. Arvind. So before uh, Arvind goes for it, one of the things that I... One of the things quickly I would like to mention is that that the thing you said about marketing and stacking of the things, right? One of the things I recently read and we keep on talking in our marketing team is that that whenever you switch a product from a product A to B, right? Uh, there is there are there is an excite there's a pull and push. The pull and push is towards the pull is basically from issues of your existing product, and the uh, pull is towards the novelty of a new product. And then there is anxiety and fear of allegiance towards existing product and and the fear of change that you need to train your people again and the job of the marketing should be to remove that anxiety and that you know and that fear and and that's how messaging should try to remove that and the job of sales should be to accelerate that pull and push now that's really a very beautiful said. beautiful way of thinking about marketing from a buyer's changing from a product a to your product of a pull push anxiety and deep rooted fears so and that's exactly if you're trying to map your marketing based on removing those fear in a messaging positioning and in your dominoes falling every fear getting resolved something that uh, you know in positioning we spoke about in sgx also a lot i think i just wanted to point out on that that's a very good yeah, very nicely said Abhi. Hey folks, uh, so we're still running into audio and visual issues with Arvind, so you'll not get to hear his rapid fire round, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, <laughs> we don't know, depends on the perspective. Uh, but this was a cracker of an episode, uh, Abhi, a lot of interesting insights for me as well. Uh, and th this is this is why we do this. Uh, there's so many good marketing stories. A lot of people have these uh, initiatives and successful uh, you know, marketing initiatives out of India, which needs to be emulated. And we like to bring these behind the scenes stories out to the wider SaaS audience. Uh, so please, please do like and subscribe. It gets us going. This is why it's all a pro bono initiative. We love to do this. We want this uh, marketing function in this country to grow. So please like and subscribe and share your feedback over uh, on Twitter. Uh, would love to hear from the audience on what we should do better and uh, any other interesting uh, you know anecdotes that you found out from this episode please do share those on twitter as well abhi thank you so much thank you very much uh, varun and arvind uh, you know for for having me here and uh, i would just end with a thought and saying to you is that that uh, you know the founder in itself should be a student of marketing I, I personally believe in that. I'm not espousing that as a recommendation, but I'm saying is that 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 really helps because if you are yourself a student of marketing and marketing is such an evolving science, it's changing every day, your team also sees you as a learner and they also in a habit, they start to emulate your own habits and they also start to become a practitioner of marketing. So this is something that I would say that, that you know, founder being a student of marketing is a very, very important way of thinking about building a growth-led organization. So with that, I really appreciate you both having me here. And Thanks, Abhi. And I'll say thank you on behalf of Arvind as well, because the moment he unmutes himself, there's going to be a crazy echo. Arvind, we are going to we are going to kind of crack some jokes around it for the next quarter. Please bear with us. So. <laughs>
blame it on his IT person. Thanks, Avi. Was Thanks, great Arvind. having you over. Thanks, Arvind. Thank you. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the episode. We are building not just a product nation, but also a marketing nation. Stay tuned for more stories. Please share your feedback or suggestions at hello at sasbumi dot com.